What? Oh, oh. Shout. One second, please. Welcome to Designated Driver, the podcast where we explore the work and mystique of Adam Driver. I'm Aaliyah. And I'm Liz. And today we're going way back in the way back machine. I want to off the top apologize because I've had this emotional barrier where I just can't bring myself to watch season four of Girls. So we went way back and we are watching Adam Driver's guest appearances on police procedurals. Yeah, I like this. I think it's nice to take a break from girls. It's a lot of girls. And I don't know. Do you think we'll really get back to it? I mean, when we're done with everything else, we want to check all the boxes. Yeah, definitely. So I will go there. I just can't yet. I mean, there's some fun things about the final seasons that you can enjoy. But yeah, something about it. I feel like I'm at fault. Like I soured you on it because I got sort of a bad attitude about it. I don't think you did. I remember girls and I remember feeling towards the end that I had to watch it just because I wanted to see what was happening to the characters, even though I hated what was happening to the characters. You just reminded me. And then I have this emotional block now where I don't want to watch anything after season three, but I'm going to, I'm going to get there. But it was refreshing to take a break. Oh my God. It was so fun. Mm -hmm. These crime shows and super young Adam Driver. And coming soon, we have a new movie coming out, White Noise, which we've been long anticipating. It comes out on Netflix in November. If my husband can get it together, we might be able to dredge up a copy online and watch it early. Is it having like a limited theatrical release? Because we thought it was coming out on August 31st. Yes, and we were wrong. I think it's really hard to look up movie times these days, but I couldn't find it playing at any of the local theaters. I don't think it's showing here in Minneapolis. I don't think so. Or St. Paul. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That mecca that is St. Paul also got bypassed. JK, St. Paul, you're awesome. (laughs) Okay, St. Paul sidebar. Mm. Some friends of mine just bought a house in St. Paul, and I saw them yesterday, and they had spent the day doing yard work. And then had to go to the yard waste dump site that you have to go to in St. Paul because the city doesn't pick up your yard waste unless you pay extra. So everybody has to drive to the stupid dump site, which I remember from when I lived in St. Paul. And it's just the weirdest thing. St. Paul has these weird libertarian tendencies. The other one is that I think they might have finally changed this. You used to have to pay private garbage companies to collect your garbage. And you do have to pay someone to plow your alleys. The city doesn't do it. Yeah, that's the really the two messed up things. It's so weird. <laughs> I know. I like their mayor, though. Oh, me too. So that's cool. But he's never going to be able to put meters on Grand Avenue. And don't even try, Melvin Carter, because you will get shut down because people in St. Paul are weird and they lose their minds when you try to do that. Meters. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember when Chris Coleman tried to put meters on Grand Avenue and everybody completely lost their minds? People can lose their minds about meters because they don't want people parking on their street or, or what? They don't, or they don't want to pay. They thought it was going to be bad for Grand Avenue businesses. And I was like, no, it's not bad because then they can only stay for an hour and then they have to go. It's, I personally yeah. feel that everyone should have to pay for parking all the time. Like parking is a privilege. It's not a right. So I thought that they were ridiculous. But he completely lost that fight and you can't do it because people in St. Paul are weird. Sorry, St. Paul. It's true. I'm not with you there. On paying for parking everywhere. I remember the days 
when you could go downtown and find like free parking spots. Yeah, but places that were just loading zones. I hate paying for parking. And also, we park one car on the street. Any major street in a city, if you live there, you can get a parking pass. You oh, know? so then you and could you get put a it pass. in your window. Or if you live pay. in an apartment building, you park on the side streets. Parking is a privilege, it's not a right. Everyone doesn't get to drive. It's an expensive thing to do. If you want to do it, there's costs associated with it. Too bad, so sad. But it seems like it would discriminate against people who don't have a garage where they can put their car. But Grand Avenue is a shopping street. If you live on Grand Avenue, you probably park on the side streets anyway. So that's all free parking with no limits? Yeah, the rest of them is neighborhoods. There's Grand Avenue, and then you've got all this neighborhood parking on the adjacent streets. When I go to St. Paul, I feel like I have to park like three blocks away from wherever I'm going. Yeah, and if they had meters, you wouldn't have to do that because people would have to leave every hour. And then one time I was traumatized because I parked near the Fitzgerald Theater. And I don't remember why I got a ticket, but I got two tickets for the same offense. Like I didn't move my car and I got one ticket and like an hour later I got ticketed again. That's not fair. That's double jeopardy. Maybe they knew you were from (laughs) Minneapolis. Yeah, obviously, because I couldn't understand the parking signs. I feel like signs that regulate parking, you read them, and I feel like I can understand one interpretation, but also the opposite interpretation sometimes can be true. I don't know who writes parking signs, but they're so confusing, you just have to take a chance. I'm okay with getting one ticket, but not two tickets for the same thing. Did you appeal it? No, I don't think so. I think I just complained about it on Facebook, and then everyone who lived in St. Paul got really upset, and then I realized that you can't complain about something on social media that affects a lot of people, like a whole city that's connected to our city where a lot of people Did they think you were, like, throwing shade at St. Paul? Well, I I did. I blamed St. Paul, I kind of said. It sucked. But... It's glorious. So I'm really worried about this conversation saying anything right now. bad about St. Paul. I like Minneapolis and St. Paul equally, but I also feel that they have their own eccentricities. And I think St. Paul's attitude about cars and parking is bizarre. Mm-hmm. And I'm fine with that. I'm, and garbage. Come at me with your hate, St. Paul, because we all know it's ridiculous. The plowing thing, I mean, so in our dumb. climate, <laughs> plowing should be its like a public utility. Yes. You have to have it locked down. I say this as a former condo association president from when I lived in St. Paul, and it every year drove me fucking crazy. You owned a condo in St. Paul? Mm -hmm. I never knew that. That's exciting. Yeah. I lived right by William Mitchell Law School for about, I guess, three or four years, maybe. And then I met Joel, and I realized I really couldn't afford to live there by myself, so I sold it. And personal item, I'm about to start a job in St. Paul on Tuesday. Yeah. You also work in St. Paul. I do. There might be a carpool situation once I figure things out. Here's something I am going to say for St. Paul. I've always worked in St. Paul, and I find St. Paul politics and schools and cultural organizations fascinating. And since it's the capital, I just feel like there's more of it over there. And it's way more interesting to me than Minneapolis politics. It seems less messed up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I love all the neighborhood relationships and like little stories and legends and stuff like that. I have a lot of St. Paul love, even though St. Paul has a weird libertarian streak that I don't love. We went to that very cool movie outside in a yard slash mm-hmm. restaurant. What is that place? That's somebody's house. The it's Grand just... Oak Opry. Yeah, it's great. 
It's somebody's house, and they just have a big yard, and so they just have events there. Mm-hmm. What other events do they have there? They have concerts. Yeah, they have concerts there at least once a month in the summer, more like once a week. I know Nerdy just played there, but yeah, a lot of local music, and it's just a great venue. A lot of magical neighborhoods. So that's St. Paul. We live in Minneapolis. This is something that is a big deal to us. Yeah, if you're listening in (laughs) Hungary, important note if you ever come to the Midwest. We live in the Twin Cities. I think this happens so many times. If you see a concert of a touring act and they don't know what city they're in, they could be in St. Paul and they're like, hello, Minneapolis. Or if they're in Minneapolis, I feel like this happens more. They're like, hello, St. Paul. Maybe that's... Oh, I think it happens more the other way. The other way. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's awkward. And everyone's like, oh, and you don't want to hurt their feelings, but they're wrong. There's a little bit of a rivalry. It just makes you feel a little invisible in the Twin Cities that no one really knows anything about. Yeah, but I mean, to be fair, I don't know anything about Cleveland or St. Louis. Cleveland, there was that stuff in 30 Rock. Yeah, no, I mean, I do, but I'm just saying, like, it's it does make you feel a little invisible, but it's totally understandable. We're yeah. not... A major metropolitan area, which I can live with. Yeah, that's what we like. Should we start talking about Adam Driver stuff? Yes. Do we have any Adam Driver news besides white noise coming out? Twitter is losing their minds about Adam Driver because he's been showing up at Venice and looking fantastic. I think we've talked about this. I'm sure he keeps taking movies where he has to play Italians because he loves Italy. He looks so happy and relaxed and handsome. Yeah, he's looking great and having a super fun time in Italy. It's mutual love. Mm-hmm. Because of White Noise playing at the Venice Film Festival. Is that what it is? Yeah, the biennial. And Julianne Moore is the chairman of the jury this year. So she's been showing up a lot. And there's some kind of cool dance scene in the credits. I didn't mm-hmm. read the whole article. Did oh, you? I did. In the closing credits. who They're all dancing or what's the Yeah. Deal? They're inspired by something, uh-huh. but the main reason that they did it is because Noah Baumbach doesn't like it when people don't watch the credits, so he was trying to make something fun and compelling that people would want to keep watching, and everybody in the movie is in a different aisle of the grocery store, and they're dancing through a grocery store. Apparently, it was really fun to film. It's so hard to watch credits. Each streaming service has a different way. Like, I figured it out in HBO, complained about this before. If you want to watch the credits, I figured out you have to hit menu when mm-hmm. the little prompt comes up. But in Netflix, if I hit menu, it skips to the next thing. And there's a button that says watch credits. And you have to swipe over like with the Apple TV it just the right way. And so I did one time and watched the credits. But then it was like the credits all the way through like the other languages and stuff, which usually they only do at the very final episode of something. So I'm like, that's well, that's a pain. I wish they would just automatically show the credits, but you could skip them. I don't have a dog in this fight. You don't care about I don't credits. care. Yeah. I do like to. Joel does, though. He always makes us watch them. I like to see the names. But yeah, they can be long. I... Can I just say my other thing? As some of our listeners may know, the only reason I have Twitter is so that I can follow Adam Driver Hair Twitter 
pages. Yeah, that's the best reason. There's several accounts. People really love Adam Driver's hair, as do we. And somebody took Adam Driver taking a selfie with a bunch of fans and they cleaned it up. So it's just an empty square with Adam Driver in the corner. So you can make your own selfie with Adam Driver, which I tried to do and I didn't do it very well. But I think it's a boon and I want everybody to be able to make their own selfie with Adam Driver. So I might put yeah. that on our Facebook oh, that page. Was, yeah, that was really good. So I dug around on Facebook and I looked at all of Liz's old Facebook pictures. I made a kind of not very good selfie of Liz and me. And I even found like a Venice biennial like red carpet backdrop and put it in. And it's not great, but I felt like I could have gone down a huge rabbit hole doing that more because it was really fun. And now I want to make selfies with Adam Driver doing all kinds of things. I want to do it too. That's why I sent it to you. I have Twitter on my phone. I never look at it. I would like to unfollow everyone except for the Adam Driver hair. Would that be hard to do? Well, it's always going to give you a lot of random crap that it it thinks you want. Yes. I get all kinds of weird news. I get advertisements. But you just scroll through. Could you just go to the Adam Driver hair feed and just only read that? Yeah, you can do that. Yeah, maybe I'd do that. But I probably won't. And now lately I've been using it to look up Joseph Quinn to Eddie Munson from Stranger Things, who's my summer love. People are even crazier about him now because they're in like the first blush of love. Like Adam Driver is established and you can do whatever you want because it's almost like he's not a real person anymore. But people, myself included, really think they're going to meet Joseph Quinn someday and they Mm. post these weird things. Because he's just crossed over. He was closer to be a regular person. You know, someday when I become... A celebrity concierge, I will publish all of my theories about celebrity and Mm -hmm. different phases of celebrity. But Adam Driver is definitely like an established celebrity. So when people post fan art about him, there's kind of a remove, but it's still super weird. You could start a blog about your thoughts about celebrity, and that could be a bridge to your new career as a VIP slash celebrity concierge for when, if they visit us here in the Twin Cities. I'm here to tell you all of the celebrities who are listening in Budapest and Singapore that I know a lot about the Twin Cities, both of them. I am available if you need a fixer to show you different little hidden spots in the Twin Cities, hook you up with great restaurant recommendations. And take you to the state fair. And take you to the state fair. I will wait in line at the pickle pizza place for you. The state fair is exploding with people after the pandemic. And the pickle pizza line stretched both sides for like a mile. Hot take. We shouldn't really go to the fair on a Saturday. Yeah. That's just a a tip from me to you. I went on Friday, the second Friday of the fair, in the morning. And it is really smart to go in the morning if you can get up early. I tried the pickle pizza. There wasn't even a line. So that and also we went on a Tuesday night Mm -hmm. around 7 to see a band. No lines. Beautiful night. night. No lines. Yeah, we wouldn't have gone on a Saturday except to see Diana Ross. Which was great. And then we got evacuated at the end and had to wait in a crazy line. People shouldn't have guns. That was my hot take. I like to say hot take like a young person. Hot take. Yeah, yeah. I think you're using it right, too. I mean, guns are not allowed in the fair, but they waved us through... Even though my bag set off the metal detector. That's what I told Joel. I told him that. And every time I had a bag and every time they waved me through. I, I went through. Why times. did they do that? You know, they want to minimize any friction. Yeah, it's a little dance that you have to do. You can't trust Americans to not have a gun in God. a place. Why are we are the worst? 
I hate guns. I think they should be illegal. Okay. I do too. Come on, trolls. Ready for the death threats if we ever like break over the 40 people listening. Guns are in our lives. And we had to wait. It took us two hours. Oh my God. It was awful. It was so cold. And it was only 64 degrees, but it felt like 40 to me. Then I couldn't sleep. Yeah, me neither. I lay down in my bed and I was so exhausted and yet couldn't sleep. Slept for a while, woke up again. I hate that. But I do want to say, despite all of that, I was so happy we went to see Diana Ross. I thought I know she was that great. Ruled. That was great. So much fun. And she's like a nice diva. I have a yeah. feeling in her prime she wasn't that nice. And yes. she was very hot. Yes. I know. Her I thought that figure. was funny. Oh, yes. Her figure. I thought you meant she had a little box on the stage. Oh, she was. And, yeah. So she like every two songs she would they would have like this extended musical outro and she would walk off the stage and then emerge with something even more fabulous than the last thing. But then she had this little box on the stage and she would go get the matching fan and then she would be like oh, fanning fan, herself. Yeah. That was the kind of hot I thought you meant. But yeah, she was also hot like H.O.T. I was wondering if they were actually cold up on stage a little bit. I was too. But then the fact that she kept fanning her. Okay, there are two things that I thought. One, I'm so afraid of menopause. I'm going to be hot all the time for the rest of my life. That's why I'm struggling with this tank top sweatshirt situation, like going back and forth. And then I was like, how could she still be hot from that? She's 78 years old. No, she couldn't be hot from menopause anymore because she's so far beyond menopause. But then I this think. is what I thought. Then I thought she's probably wearing a wig. Wigs oh, yeah, are hot. that's a wig. And then, too, like she had all the lights on her. Yeah, lights. I did think it was funny. Like you could see her digging through for the right fan oh, in one of them. You know? Did you see, see that the... little box no, that I she kept going into? Box. I really wish we were like more in front of the stage instead of the side. I shouldn't be the one responsible for getting tickets because I really am the worst and I don't know how to do it. And I didn't even look at a map, but it was really on the side. I really liked it. It was so great. It was a really great concert and a great band. Yeah. Oh, my God. They're so classy. They're so professional. They always have the best musicians with them. And there's nothing better than standing in a venue and singing along with everybody else. It really is like being at church or how I imagine being at church because I don't go. Well, I love sing-along movies. I mm-hmm. mentioned this. And I went to see Grease yesterday mm-hmm. at the Riverview. And I was like, okay, this is the movie event of the year. <laughs> Grease on the big, <laughs> Grease on the big years screen. along. This is it. This is Olivia Newton-John just died. So this is like a situation where I would think, and I'm always way off on this. I'm like, this is going to be the sold-out thing. And there were like 10 people there. There were almost no people. Hmm. It would be a great sing-along movie. It's such a funny, weird movie. All the actors are going apeshit all the time, just running around and doing crazy bits. The energy of this movie is very bizarre. Maybe that was what the 50s were like. I mean, it was made in the 70s. It was made in the 70s. Don't you think it was because of cocaine? (laughs) I don't know. It's just hyperactive. Good songs. It's very cheesy, but there's some really genuinely very funny lines, too, mm-hmm. and good comedy I always like anything where somebody who's clearly like 35 is playing a high school student. Oh, my God. They were so old. I never get tired of that. There was one of the, what were they called? T-Birds? T-Birds? Yeah, this one guy. He was at least 40. A lot of them looked really old. Yeah, they had no concept of how a teenager looked. Totally. It would be really funny to see 
Adam Driver on a teen show. I would love teen. that. You know, I think he'd be a really good Danny Zuko. Yeah, I could see that. I thought there was There's a potential Travolta. There. Yeah, Travolta, he crushed it. He's so good. The way he dances. And I'd love to see Adam Driver in this role. I guess he's maybe too old. You know how they cast it. Everyone could be old in it. Sarah Silverman would be great as Frenchie. Who would be the beauty school dropout angel? Frankie Avalon. Yeah. Who would that be? Could it be Harry Styles? Yeah, I guess. He had a funny kind of little like small afro. Yeah, JT. That would be great. I really want to see a remake with middle-aged actors. Mm -hmm. Anytime somebody is playing an age that they're not, Joel's daughter in high school was really into theater. So we went to see a bunch of her musicals, one of which was, speaking of Olivia Newton-John. Anadu? Yeah. Xanadu. Oh, they did Xanadu. They did Xanadu, and they were like roller skating around on the stage, which was hilarious. But they also did one, I can't remember what it was, like an old town movie or something. But I love it when teenagers, especially teenage boys, play old men. Like, here comes old man McGregor, you know? And they have white in their hair, and they're like, Uh, Yeah. (laughs) It makes me laugh every time. It's my favorite. A teenager acting like an Mm -hmm. old person. Oh, young feller. You know how they... I love it. I love high school plays. Me too. They're the best. Any day. Oh, me too. Whenever we find out about them, we always go. It's really fun. Okay, let's get into the Adam Driver. I mean, for me, We just haven't had a chance to really catch up. With each other. We've seen a lot of each other lately. (laughs) Yeah, because it's been the week of Liz, because my husband and kids have been on a trip. Liz is having a great week. Okay, this is the last thing I'm going to ask. So I noticed that your husband posted a bunch of stuff on Instagram of their trip up to Duluth and called it Liz's Staycation. Uh-huh. And I wanted to know, maybe this is like too personal a question, but did you find that charming or did you find it slightly annoying? First of all, I didn't see it because I'm not on Instagram. Okay. So like weird things go up on Instagram that involve me and then people tell me about them. They're calling it my staycation. Yes. They're emphasizing and me. If and if my husband did that, I would be like, that's a passive aggressive thing to do, husband. But Robin saw it and Robin was like, I thought that was cute and funny. So I couldn't decide. And now I'm thinking your husband is going to hear this and be like, what's wrong with Aaliyah stirring up this? Well, he has been listening. I got a little defensive on your behalf when I was looking at it, even though I thought the pictures were really cute. Yeah, I don't know. I take no offense to it. And I'm not just saying that because I think Peter might hear this because I really haven't had a staycation for Mm -hmm. almost 10 years. No, totally deserved. Since I've had the girls this amount of time. Without them. So I did a lot of fun things with my girlfriends. After Greece yesterday, I'm like, okay, the party's over. Now it's just getting organized, doing laundry, and puttering around the house, and drinking no alcohol so I have good night's sleep. You know, it could be a concept for something. So we post things on social media. And then if you're the poster, you just kind of sit back and see who's going to respond to it. But what if you, you sort of cataloged all these different people's reactions to the same thing? Because Robin thought, oh, that's cute. That's sweet. And you were like, I don't know. Is that weird? And then some people might be jealous of it or mm-hmm. some people might be mad about something. Or, or someone would go to their husband and be like, why don't you do this? Yeah, like all the ripples one post could cause. Because really, it's a one-way mirror. When I posted that thing about St. Paul, that was early in Facebook. I think before there was even likes or anything, like something happened to me and I'll post it. And then a couple times it sort of blew up in my face. Then you realize you're like, okay, I really need to think hard 
about all the possible scenarios this could cause, unless you're like a sociopath or something and don't care. But that's what I don't like about it. But speaking of sociopaths, uh-huh. this might be a good seg. Yeah, that let's start talking about true crime dramas. Yes. So do you want to set the scene? I made some notes here. Oh, okay. I just read some articles. Okay, I want to give a shout out to another podcast called That's Messed Up. This is the live podcast that I saw that was about Law and & Order. And it's two friends, women, comedians, and they just are really into Law & Order. Order. They showed like a picture at the end. It, they had like a PowerPoint of a tattoo, tramp stamp tattoo that said created by Dick Wolf. <laughs> and so I think maybe one of them has this tattoo, but it's the most funny, brilliant tattoo I've only listened to that one, the live show, and I don't know a lot about Law & Order, but I recommend it. It was really good. They were really funny. They were awesome. If you want to check out a Law & Order podcast, try That's Messed Up. It's Liza Traeger and Kara Klink are the hosts. I might listen to that. We did not just watch Law & Order. We watched a show called The Unusuals. Should we yeah. start with The Unusuals? Sure. It's from 2009. There Which was I one think season is of the it. year he graduated from Juilliard. Okay. So it's a crime show. We watched part of the first episode until we realized th that wasn't the episode that Adam Driver was in. But that kind of gave us a little background. And then we skipped ahead to episode 10, which is the one that Adam Driver was in. Mm -hmm. it's okay. Jeremy Renner is in it, who's a big time movie star now. But this show is so bad and so funny. If I wasn't behind on my prestige TV, I would want to watch the whole season of this because it was really funny, I thought. It was unintentionally funny. Totally agree. I think they were trying to be funny sometimes. Yeah. But then other times when they were trying to be serious, it was yeah. stupid. It was half a drama, but with comic moments yeah. and characters. It was like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but not as a full comedy. Yes. So there's Jeremy Renner. He's kind of the cool one. Of the He's like cool the seasoned cop. cop. Yeah. And his partner is a woman. Amber Tamblin. is like a trust fund. Lady. Just really cares about law and order. Yeah. Law enforcement. So that's the angle. This mm -hmm. like rich girl becomes a cop. Yes. Okay. The episode we watched. All right. It there's was... two plots. Yep. It's called the EID, the Emotionally Invested Detective. Who was that referring to? Amber Tamblin's character, because she really cares about the woman. Oh, my gosh. There was so much bad stuff in all these episodes. So there was a character that they called a serial accuser, accuser. Mm -hmm. of crimes. A woman. Right. Played and by Betty Gilpin. I looked her up. So she was on Glow is probably where you've seen her. And she's delightful in that. She suffered an assault in high school, and then that made her psychologically accuse other men of assaulting her when they really didn't do it. I can't imagine a plot now that would be about false accusations. I mean, that's not cool. I think the psychology was dubious at best. Oh, yeah. Amber Tamblin is investigating this and notices that she's getting, I can't remember the character's name, but that she's getting stuff posted to Margot. And she's like, Margot, who's that? And she's like, it was me, but I eliminated her. And now I'm this other person. Yeah, kind of like a dissociative disorder, yeah. or multiple personality type of thing. The detective gets obsessed with solving the original crime. Once she does that, then it's going to solve this person's psychological problem. So we'll come back to that because that's where Adam Driver comes in. And the other plot 
okay. was equally stupid. All of these, each of these episodes include online escort services. Yes. And they, and so it, like, they're so just confusing. blend together. So this one is that this couple is watching a oh, porn movie yeah. and they realize that their apartment is the setting for the porn movie. So yeah. they call the cops and the cops are like, why are you making us watch this porn movie? This is not a crime. And they're like, no, that's our house. And we did not authorize that. So then they realize that this whole series of porn movies that feature this guy with a paper, even as I'm saying it, it's the stupidest <laughs> thing. Bag. He has a paper bag on his head and he films this succession of pornography films <laughs> so funny. in different people's apartments. So then they're trying to figure out who the perpetrator is and they trace it back to a therapist. Yeah, they think it's a therapist who could get their information. It's like a couple's therapist. Yeah. But then it's not the therapist, it's someone else who's like a locksmith to the information. Who's one of the couples? I'm confused. One of the couples, the guy watches and pretends he's surprised, but his wife is there. His wife wouldn't recognize him because he had a paper bag on his head. She wouldn't recognize his body, the way he moved. He has like these two corny, like older women who may or may not be sex workers. And every single one. Did you notice that too? And they're like, yeah. oh, we got can. <laughs> and just like how the attitude toward porn is so much different. Then, before online pornography became so ubiquitous, the guys make a big deal, the cops, that they have to watch the porns on DVDs, and they're like, oh my god, and they're watching it together, and everyone seems really embarrassed to admit if they have ever watched it. So it was like 100 years ago. You know, 2010, it's like 100 years ago yes, from now. Yes, hard agree. <laughs> so many things have changed. So that was a really funny plot. And they would switch back and forth between these two plots. Also, the show, it's half establishing shots of New York City. Yes. Liz <laughs> got really so into funny. that. There was so many of them. Like, what should we do now? Let's just show another street scene where it's really crowded. It seems like a really meta show that's supposed to be about a show that's unintentionally bad. But it really was the show. I feel like Check the marketing would have been like, not your mother's law and order. This one is young and edgy for you. And there's jokes yeah, in there. Heart eyes for the unusuals. It's so funny. I'd love it if it had a moment, if people like run out of shows to watch and want to watch they're like, like there's no shows. more law and order. I just want something a little edgier with yeah. more establishing shots. I know. I really like New York City. I just want to see what it looked like in 20. 10 or 2009. Okay, the original crime that happened to this girl happened at high school at Dalton, which is like a prep school in New York City. Mm -hmm. She knew the girl from high school and all these people from her high school kept coming up. Yeah. And she had a yearbook. And so first we see Adam Driver. And it's it's fun to watch these episodes, too, because you're like waiting, waiting, yeah. waiting. And we were like, like is that him? Is this going to be him? We yeah. thought maybe he was the paper bag porn star. Yes. and But then he wasn't. No. First you see pictures of him and this other fake James Spader guy in photos in the yearbook. So he they're like wishes buddies. He was James Spader. Oh, I know. He's such a poor man, James Spader. But she somehow pieces together that these two guys were the ones who assaulted the because woman. this is all like the most pseudo, pseudo psychology. She puts up all the pictures of this woman, the people she accuses. 
And one of the yeah. guys is like, oh, yeah, one guy has short, dark hair and like half of them have short, dark hair and half of them have long blonde hair. So then I don't think this is possible. She has a sketch artist make these combined sketches. So she like puts together all the blonde ones and makes an amalgamated portrait. And then like you see her hold them up and then she looks at the yearbook and she's like, Oh, and then one of them is clearly Adam Driver. More than the, just this episode, there's a lot of fake forensic stuff. Like in one of the Law and Orders, the lady who did the autopsy was like, first she was shot in the spine. And then 15 minutes later, she was shot in the head or something. Like, I don't think they <laughs> could tell 15 minute difference between a gunshot wound. And there was sketch artists too in, I think, both Law and Order and... Yeah. Sketch artists do a lot of heavy lifting. I know. This is like a full-time position. Yes. It's not a freelance. Liz, something to consider maybe. I guess. I mean, yeah. Well, for the fan fiction, Raylo artists do yeah. those realistic. They could make every can... perpetrator look like Adam Driver. Yeah. Mine would be more like hand lettering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So the detective figures out it's Adam Driver and this other guy, and they bring them both in. And Spader, he never confesses and lawyers he's up like right really away. He's really slick. Yeah, he's not going to confess. But then, okay, this is the worst conversation and some of the worst writing I've ever heard. She's interviewing Adam Driver. And his vibe is cute with a little creepy. And it's a type. nerdy, like kind of awkward. It's the perfect Adam Driver character. Yes, but you like him. And mm-hmm. he also has a long monologues. Like they can give him a lot to do. Yep. And he's totally fine with a long monologue. So she has a trust fund. He has a trust fund. She's like, I call my trust fund X-Lax. Yeah, that was Because it makes everything, thing. like, go down easier. This is the worst metaphor I've ever heard. I mean, I've never taken X-Lax. Also, it's poop-related, so it's just, like, that's sort of gross and distracting. It's not that it doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's just that it's gross. How much X-Lax do you take that you're like, oh, yeah, this X-Lax. It solves all my problems, just like X-Lax solves all my pooping problems. I yeah. It was really bad, but bad funny. This is how she's going to trap him to get him to confess. They're the commiserating same. on like how... rich kids who how, went to rich kids' schools. And how bad it is. Me. How much it sucks to be super rich. And then so he confesses. He, I don't think he was really going to go to jail. He didn't do it. He was driving the car. So what happened was they were giving the girl a ride. He was driving... They were going to pick up some drugs because the James Spader guy is a drug dealer for rich kid. They're at this formal dance. She gets wasted. And then James Spader is like, I have to go to Harlem now to pick up these drugs. Do you want to come? The girl's wasted. And she's like, okay. So then Adam Driver drives them to Harlem and he's trying to get with her in the back. But she's wasted and she slaps Spader guy. Yeah, Spader guy. So he pushes her out of the car and they leave her in Harlem and then she gets beaten up. Oh, so there was more to it. Okay, because I was confused. I thought that he punched her and pushed her out of the car. To me, that didn't explain how bad her injuries were. Right, because she gets beaten and almost killed and then found abandoned in Harlem. And I don't think they explain that. I think you have to infer that something happens to her in Harlem, which might also be cheap writing. So I don't know. So their crime was the violence against her and then putting her out in this neighborhood where she's a lamb to the slaughter. 
That was my impression. I just don't know how much jail time they're really going to face. Right. Especially because they're rich kids. Because they're rich. They'll just get out of it anyway. They're going to get out of this too. Shout out to my home state of Connecticut. But the two bad guy actors, the James Spader character and the Adam Driver one, are from Choate. Which I knew many children who went to Choate because I grew up in Connecticut. Okay. Yeah. So anything else about Adam Driver's performance in this it's cute he has short hair i think yep got the ears out ears are out it's looking awkward he keeps asking for more soda he seems nice he does seem nice for like a sort of a offender but really it was the other guy that was bad yeah and then he's like what do you think my parents will give me when i get out of jail (laughs) haha because they gave me that sailboat and that trip to europe and then he's kind of done and then they go back to that porn in broken into apartment so then it's over so really dumb so funny but i think we but a total waste of your time yeah unless you have time to waste go for it you're welcome to watch it in my backyard because i paid two dollars and 99 cents for us to watch it does that expire after 48 hours i think we own it now i think you bought it buy it yeah on amazon it's on amazon the unusuals yes and i think we now are kind of establishing a special guest star role for Adam Driver in these procedurals. So, oh, yeah. They're all yeah, identical. Let's move along. Okay. The next one is 2010, and it's on Law & Order, not SVU. Plain Law & Order. I was trying to Google this information and find out exactly the season and episode number. So I'm going to provide a service here and just tell you. So this is Law & Order, Plain Season 20, episode 15. It's called Brilliant Disguise. So that should be enough information for you to just find it on Amazon. Adam Driver's character. This is a bigger role. And with Law & Order, they just do one case at a time. And that's a good call. Yes. That's worked better. Listen, I, I do want to say these are the first episodes of Law & Order I've ever watched. So crazy. And I'm fine with them. And I did a lot of reading about Dick Wolf. And this is no secret. Law and Order does a great service for young actors because if they're yeah. in New York trying to get a break and trying to get something on their resume, you get a special guest slot on Law and Order and you got it made. Everyone's been on Law and Order. And I like that. It's fun. Bradley Cooper has been on it. And they showed that at the live podcast. Oh, cute. So uh, Claire Danes. Yeah, everyone. And everyone. but some very big stars yeah. now. And it's fun Debbie to look Diggs. So it's a rite of passage for New York actors to be on Law and Order. Law and Order's done now, right? There's no more. SVU still exists, but the rest of them are gone. This seems to be the gateway also into true crime stuff that is just so huge Mm -hmm. with podcasts and stuff. Like everyone started out by watching Dateline and Law and Order and stuff. That's kind of was their gateway drug into true crime. It has tentacles into a lot of our world today. In this episode, Adam Driver works at a medical lab. Mm-hmm. And he takes care of the rats. His character is named Robbie. Yeah, it's Robbie Vickery. And he meets a woman. They hit it off on the train or something. Yeah. And then he asks her out. And she's like, oh, I'm busy at night. But how about brunch? So he's really excited because he seems like his character is kind of a loser. Kind of insecure, for sure. And he pretends to women that he is a doctor. Right. Like he says he works in a medical lab, but he never disabuses them of the impression that he must be a doctor, which yeah. he is not. He's like a lab tech. So they went on a date, really connected. And then that night she gets murdered. 
in a hotel, and a weird couple finds her in a room service. Like on like a room smushed. service cart. They were just in there to find the body. They weren't in there anymore, were they? They were in there because they were going to eat food off of the carts. Yeah, because they were broke, hungry, and yeah. she was pregnant. And the <clears throat> husband's like, see, I'm always going to provide for you because they were going to eat this food. And then they find a dead body. So she's got to be like, oh, man, my baby daddy is really idiot. sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so they find her body. And so obviously Adam Driver is the main suspect because he saw her last. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of cell phone data mm-hmm. that they're analyzing. Mm-hmm. And were they also analyzing it in the unusuals? It was all no, about No, they're the not internet? analyzing cell phone data on the unusuals, but now I'm confusing it with the other episode. So the cell phone data, all the calls, and they're like, oh, she was getting a call from this number every hour. That's a weird pattern. And it turns out, dun, 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 she's also an online escort. Yes. And they find this other married couple who are like booking that night. Mm-hmm. And the woman has a black eye because mm-hmm. she had a narrow escape from this guy. Why couldn't she just describe what he looked like? She didn't or really she didn't, see him because he was wearing him. a hat and sunglasses. And a paper bag. And he had <laughs> and a paper bag. <laughs> and the hat, for some reason, this guy turns out to be like a genius, but he always wears the same hat that says Poconos on it. Poconos, yeah, it's such an identifying. I know where the Poconos are because, like, my best friend in grade school moved to Pennsylvania near the Poconos. Oh, I thought yeah, it was been in, sort of. New, off the coast of New York. So, see, I Pennsylvania. learned something today. Yeah, yeah, that's my one East Coast bit of knowledge. If you're going to be a serial killer, just keep just your look the, the same. wear the same Poconos hat. <laughs> And we saw a sketch of, like, yeah. the Poconos hat, too. <laughs> always a sketch. There's always a sketch. Yeah. So it turns out this guy has been calling these escort lines and setting up dates, but just to rob them. Yeah, to rob them because he has a gambling addiction, and he's a sociopath and psychopath that has manipulated his rich fiance to do whatever he wants. This is the the real doctor in the lab who's researching sex workers. Yeah, but they don't the most... call them sex workers. They call them everything else. Yeah, and there they was... call them trannies a lot. Do you remember when they're like, "What about trannies?" There, like, there was so much language. Yeah, about sex workers that also made me feel really wow. We are ten years down from this, and things are different now. Yeah, we have changed a lot, mm-hmm. and that's why it's kind of fun to have such an easy reference to TV from the past. I think you know the internet and online sex workers this was a new thing this was obviously really big yes. in the imagination it of was also like i was i read a little screen synopsis later and apparently it was based on two real cases like there really was somebody who worked in a lab in the real story that person actually was the perpetrator but then there was also a real case where a guy with a gambling addiction was holding up sex workers and stealing from them mm-hmm. so they like merged them both I think most of them are based on true stories in some way. So it's really the guy doing the research on so-called like sexual deviants. Well, his original research was to see if being gay was something had to do with your brain. Did you catch that? No, I didn't catch that. And then he moved his research into like, they called it super promiscuous, which is a very weird way to categorize sex work. Yeah, But just like there is so much ignorance, obviously. Yes. This doctor guy, he's the real 
Yeah. Right, and right. he turns out to be a sociopath. But why did he kill her then if he was just robbing? Unclear. Hadn't he killed someone else by shooting them in the spine and watching them suffer and then killing them? Maybe. I remember one of the plot points in the way they figured out it was him was that, like, as a medical practitioner, he would know exactly where, because mm-hmm. you would paralyze them where he shot them and then kill them. So maybe he was just escalating his crimes. Now he's starting to murder. Yeah, unclear. He thought he was smarter than everyone else yeah. and could work with the police and trick them. At one point, he's like, this will be fun. The cops think they're catfishing him online to set up a meeting but he's actually catfishing them he sets up getting caught and then he has all these things like the gun that's a lighter and he has an explanation to explain away so he's playing games with the police mm-hmm. and he's looping in his fiance she's totally manipulated i by felt him. no sympathy for her at all she was an heir to a fortune of laundromats like, laundromats <laughs> it's so like my pillow okay so adam driver Gets looped in. Then he's working with the police. And he wears a wire. He was supposed to try to get information from the doctor. The cops now think that that's who is the murderer. And they're correct. And he's supposed to just talk to him, but he ends up setting off Adam Driver. And we have a really good Adam Driver rage scene. Mm -hmm. And he yells at him. But he he, gets like spitty. He spits. And this was not a good take. (laughs) It was kind of gross. And like you could tell he was aware of it, too. But I was reading about Law and & Order and Amy Sedaris. She's like, it was like a drive-by shooting. She called it that they would do like one take. We got it. You know, they were just yeah. making them so fast. I think they described it as like a well-oiled machine. Well-oiled beast. Because yeah, at that time, they have so many different spinoffs that they're just all over New York. Like, get the shot, get the shot, get the shot. There's this funny scene where he yells and spits. And they show him caring for the rats. Yeah, yeah, like they're establishing him as kind of a loose cannon. And then there's a famous line, you have to feed the rats at the same time every day or they get sick, which is kind of morphed into you have to feed the rats every day, mm-hmm. which is what the yeah. Adam Driver fandom say. Right, we're the rats. I had a lot of concern for these rats as a rat owner myself. I wondered if you wanted to share your rat perspective. Yeah, I'll just go quickly on about the rats themselves. They were in tiny little cages, all alone, rows of these cages, and nothing for them to play with, no place for them to hide. I mean, these rats would die instantly. The environments were so bad. And so then he was scrubbing out their poop or whatever from the bottom. Anyway, this was really unethical treatment of rats. I felt bad. But he seemed to be fond of the rats, so I like that. And there's a part where the rat feces is part of why they trace it back to him. Because there's rat feces in the room that has some kind of poison in it that is from the lab. Yeah, is it poison or maybe like a cleaning thing? I don't know. Or poison to kill them. So then it was like the doctor guy, he also had this on him. Well, he clearly also worked with the rats. Yeah, I wonder what they do with the rats with his work on promiscuity. How do the rats figure in? That didn't make any sense to me either. I wasn't worried about the unethical treatments of the rats because I was pretty sure they were all going to die anyway. Yeah, yeah, quickly. Yeah, there's one scene where he has to prepare two rats for the medical doctor. And he's like, just get me the rats, you know. (laughs) But it's clear that he's going to just kill them like that's how he's preparing the rats yeah and he had to kill some rats that got sick 
But I like that he defended the rats. Right. And he was a steward of rats. Then that was his how he wore the wire. And but he kind of fucked it up. He ended up too emotional at the guy. Yeah. And also we learn that his character is just also kind of a loser. Like he takes the girl out to lunch and he's trying to impress her and he like mispronounces the name of a statue near where he oh, works. Yeah, yeah. And then he tries to buy her lunch and his credit card gets declined. Yeah. And he's just clearly trying to impress her really hard. But that's his fatal flaw is that he wants to be more than he is and he's blue collar and he didn't go to Chode or whatever. He's trying to impress his coworkers all the time too. Yeah. To brag that he slept with this girl even when he didn't because he was going to finally try to impress him. And the sociopath doctor said something that made him mad. So he had a real chip on his shoulder. Yeah. Rightfully so, probably. Also was kind of gross and took pictures of her cleavage and stuff when she wasn't looking on his phone. Yeah, not a, I mean, I guess he's an anti-hero. <laughs> still as cute <laughs> as could in- be. I yeah, still yeah. And was he was in. innocent. He mm-hmm. didn't kill anybody. Mm-mm. He was not the murdered leader. I enjoyed Robbie Vickery. I think he was like part of that arc right on that. Mm-hmm. Kind of creepy, kind of vulnerable. Cute and kind of creepy. Yeah. Okay. So the third one is SVU. This comes from 2012 and it's season 13, episode 11. It's called Theater Tricks and Adam Driver's character is named Jason Roberts. So we have all the usual. Well, we have the online escort. That's right. And we have Adam Driver playing a cute but creepy guy who he lives with his mother and he's a really good at computers. <laughs> <So> stupid. <laughs> and so he's kind of like a, a proto. He's an IT hacker. guy. He's an IT guy. Do you want to say what the crime was? This yeah. one really made me have a lot of thoughts about how we've changed as a society. A lot of guest star appearances in this one, too. Fisher Stevens plays this egomaniac director who's directing this immersive theater piece that's the Dante's Inferno. And so this pretty young actress is having her theater debut, and she's in the lust circle. So her scene, and you're walking through in this immersive theater, she's on a bed, and she's having an adulterous affair with her husband's brother so the brother is there and she's on the bed and he's like no no you have to go he's home and so when you're watching it then this they're all masked then this other man in a mask comes up and rapes her and everybody thinks it's part of the show but it's not and somebody actually raped her in public in full view of all the audience members and nobody really understands what happened until afterwards because she comes forward And reports it. Yeah. So then, who is the rapist? All these masked people. And there are a lot of different suspects. So Adam Driver is a suspect because he's obsessed with the girl. Right. And they're looking at the credit card receipts and they see that this one person, also kind of a weenie move, he uses his mom's diner's club card to buy 12 individual tickets to the show. So they trace it back to her and he's not home. So they go in and question her and she's like, that's not my card. I didn't do that. I don't go to the theater. And she's like, but my son lives here. And then they go into his room without a warrant. Right. Totally illegal. But the room is covered in photos of her taken from surveillance cameras that he set up in her house they see one on the computer like they can see that he's always surveilling her apartment so stalkery and 
creepy. But he is also like a character that you like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's really complicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so that's how it's presented. <clears throat> so then they talk her into like using her acting skills to get him to meet her at a coffee shop. And then they use that to pull him in. And he's like, I shouldn't even be here, but I needed to see you. And she's like, I needed to see you, too. And they sit down for coffee. And then the cops come and pull him away. Yeah, she set him up. And he's, he shows up in, like, a hoodie. Yeah, it's very iRobot. Or, or Mr. Robot. Robot. Yeah. yeah, it's really cute. I think he knew he was under suspicion, mm-hmm. but he still met up with her anyway because he, quote, loved her so much, but was really just obsessed with her. So then they question him. He's like, I respect women. I do this for her own protection because she's so naive Mm -hmm. and she needs somebody to look out for her. And that's why I bought all those tickets. He doesn't even know that she was raped. He thought it was part of the theater, too. And he like, then he gets all mad and hits the side of his head. He's like, I should have been there for her. And yeah. But if he saw the play 12 times and was totally zeroed in on her. Why wouldn't he notice that one time was totally different and had this rape that seemed really real? You know, I guess so he here's just something thought... where I'm going to read into it. OK, they're at opening night the night it happens. So he might have bought 12 tickets, but oh, he might have only seen night. it the first time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then they shut down the. OK, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Then I didn't catch that. I guess like you have to watch these things multiple times to really understand them because yeah. it's like it's so hard to explain Okay, so then where do they go? How do they get to the judge? So then he's like, I wasn't there. I didn't do it. She's, you know, I can't believe I wasn't there to protect her, blah, blah, blah. So off he goes. He's still under suspicion. Oh, but one more thing. His cameras, he also has surveillance all over his own house, and he can easily have an alibi with himself right. on a camera. At the time of the crime, he was massaging his mom's feet which yeah. is really nice but it actually seemed really gross he was, always had his laptop and he'd be like click 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 click, click and he'd just yeah. like pull up something that gave him an alibi it was nice that he was never a murderer no on any of these three shows just real creepy a creepy suspect he's yeah. got the creep thing it's someone you path. would suspect because he seems creepy but then it's really someone who is passing for a normal successful man or this other one involved a woman who's the real murderer. Mm-hmm. That's who you or really the real can't perp, trust. Because she's not a murderer, oh, the yeah. last one. So then they're like, oh, well, like he was massaging his mom's feet or whatever. So then on to the next person, and they figure out that there's a judge who had officiated at the director's first divorce. And did we, for a while, did we think it was the director? Because he was also creepy. Yeah, he seemed so like very show, creepily obsessed with the girl as yeah, well. Yeah, they show some footage of him, quote, rehearsing with her and getting all up in her business and sticking his tongue down her throat <gasps> in her bed. Oh, from the surveillance. Yeah, yeah that was really rapey. about it and she's like, well, he's kind of handsy sometimes, but I trust him. And I was like, handsy? He's molesting you. 2010 was a different time. Well, and it seemed like all acting work for women was also had this part of it was also sex work. Like you just had to put up with this stuff. And that was just part of the job. And then, okay, so they somehow clear the director and they figure out that this judge was actually the one who did the rape. But he thought it was planned and that it was part of the show and that she wanted that to happen because... Should I reveal who really set it up? Yeah. Another person who is also good at computers and setting up online escort accounts. It was the girl's roommate. 
because she was not as pretty, but she also wanted to be an actress. She went and tried out for this role for this horrible play that I think she dodged a bullet not being in it, obviously. But whenever she showed up anywhere with her roommate, everyone loved the roommate and wanted her because she was really beautiful. The roommate was more plain. They describe her as kind of plain, but she's played by Gail Rankin, who's also in Glow. Oh, okay. BT dubs. <laughs> yeah, it comes out in the end that she set up an online account for the escort. Is that how they were communicating? She set with up the an judge? online account for herself first as an escort, oh. and she had been an escort for both the judge and the director. And she had done this thing as an escort for the director in particular that were things that she wasn't really comfortable doing, but mm-hmm. she thought it was going to give her an in with him to be an actress in this role. She gets an audition for the Seven Circles of Hell, but then her roommate comes to be moral support and he sees her and is like, oh my God, she's so beautiful. And he gives the role to the roommate instead. Yeah, she probably shouldn't have brought her. Well, we can't blame her. She is the villain here. Yeah. So yeah, she set her up using more like catfishing, internet stuff, fake identity. She set this up to get revenge on the pretty girl. Yeah, she's like, I wanted you to know what it was like. I wanted you to know. So she set up a rape? I mean, mean, there's a lot of probabilities here that it wouldn't have worked out the way she wanted. But she created this escort page for the pretty roommate and then reached out to the director and reached out to the, I guess, to avenge herself on the judge, reached out to the judge too as her and said that she wanted, she was going to frame the director and use the judge and that she wanted the judge to like, quote unquote, rape her. But like she had a safe word, Dixie, and that that would be the first time they'd meet. So he thought he was acting on something that she wanted based on this escort page. It, it's a and little convoluted. the judge convoluted. guy was very creepy in that he would just go along with <laughs> with this plan. But then the Adam Driver character becomes really integral because they're like, you know a lot about computers. You set up this escort page. And he's like, no, I didn't. Like, oh, if I yeah. was going to set up this escort page, I have a much hotter picture. And so then he shows them all these pictures he has and freeze frames. And then he's able to help them trace that this fake email account was set up at the coffee shop across the street from the theater and find all these other little tech things that cleared him and point to the director but then they figure out that it's the unpretty roommate i had a little bit of a laugh at one of the sites it was called sugar babies or something and the s was the dollar sign (laughs) it was just i just always imagine the person who like designed it but you know this is really continues to be a trope in murder stuff like i just watched mayor of east town same thing oh, yeah. all the girls that are involved or like girls who get murdered they all are doing like sex work from websites it's still there i've seen it before if anyone gets murdered it's always linked to these websites in tv it's still victim blaming like yes and the vulnerable they... pretty girl and like they even kind of allude to that in this episode where they're like she was surrounded by the way the actress on the show, her character is from Hennepin, Minnesota. Oh, yeah, that was and so they funny. Keep, like, which, That's the county we live yeah, in. It's, it's not, not a, a real city. place. <laughs> Why didn't they just say a city? I don't know. Yeah, Hennepin County. That's where we live. Yeah, but In the city of Minneapolis. <laughs> yeah, But maybe they got confused. That's like the little signifier that she's naive from this small town in Minnesota. And she just got to New York and this is her big break. That kind of ridiculous. Hilarious. And a little Minnesota connection. They even say in the show. Also like, victim blaming. Yeah. 
<laughs> she's surrounded by all these like gross men. And it turns out that her roommate was the one to blame. There was a lot of weird gender stuff in this one. Because the... initially they make it seem like maybe she set it up by herself to like bring more notoriety to her performance. Then the two main cops who are working on it are women. And one of them is like experienced and an old hat and then the other one is newer and she's like how do you go through this every day how do you trust men then when they realize that actually it was a woman they're like why can't we be better to each other as women you know and then one goes home and she's like get home safe Mm, and i mm -hmm. i just was like what am i learning from this it's a little complicated because sex workers because that is illegal are more vulnerable because if they're a victim of a crime, it's harder for them to get justice for it. But also it just exploits it on the shows and makes it seem like as long as you're not a sex worker, you're not going to be the one that's going to be victimized. And that's also false. Right. There's a lot of confusing messages that I felt we were getting from this one in particular. Yeah. Someone could write a nice paper on this. Absolutely. It was really interesting to watch all three together. I also slice think, of life of that time and of TV. Yes. I also think someone could write a paper about how Adam Driver is very good at portraying emotionally damaged men who have weird issues with masculinity because all of these roles are really fucking weird. But mm -hmm. they're all like kind of disappointing men, you know, mm -hmm. like the first one is not a success by his parents' standards and is kind of a loser and isn't able to speak up to his friend. And then the second one is kind of a loser, but he's blue collar. He has a chip on his shoulder because of more successful men. And then the third one is kind of a loser and too close to his mom. And then it comes out in this weird feeling that he has to like protect this beautiful woman and that he owns her in some way. Like it's really weird. Mm -hmm. But he's really good at that. Yeah, I wonder if it's just because of his ears. Maybe. Because he has this quirk of having big ears, which puts him not into like the leading man category. I mean, he's very beautiful and attractive and magnetic, but there's one feature that's a little off, and that's all it takes to make him like murder suspect, bigger than average ears. And like the masculinity thing of him wanting to be in the Marines. He has this innate sense of good and bad and wanting to be on the good side, but also being damaged. We are all judged by how we look. Unless you do plastic surgery, you don't get to choose how you look. But people just make assumptions based on what they see with acting. I mean, you're typecast and it's just really plain. Mm-hmm. And you can see the kind of jobs and kind of roles mm -hmm. that you get, just maybe based on a physical quirk. But you can make a whole career out of it. One of the things that we've noticed with him in his other roles is his physicality. But in these roles, he's almost always sitting behind a table or a desk. So he can't express himself that way. Yeah, I think he that. was like standing with the spitting. That was one time. But I bet he made up that hitting the neck thing. I mean, he made the most of... Mm -hmm. Of this. And you could tell that he could do it and mm -hmm. do a lot with what he had yeah. in his monologues. He got some meaty little nuggets in each one. And I bet like when they're editing the show, all of his stuff probably got in. So how many combs should we group them? I think we have to group them. group them. Yeah. I'm going to give him five combs. Me too, five combs. I loved it. It was really fun to watch these shows. I agree. 
<laughs> yeah, I had no preconceived ideas. And the unusuals, I'd just seen the title. And I didn't know it was just like a one episode, one off thing. So they really went together. It's a f- fun little yep. project. If you're an Adam Driver fan, definitely a creepy check trip all three tick. out. A yeah. creepy triptych. I'll yeah. put that in the description. Yeah. yeah, it was fun. I really enjoyed it. I also just got a big kick out of all the pseudo pithy dialogue, you know, like, love's a bitch. You I know, know. Like, get home safe. Law and Order is pretty fun to watch since so many people were in it. I can see why it's having a moment mm-hmm. and that there's a good podcast about it. Mm-hmm. So anyway, well, thank you for listening. This has been episode 29 of Designated Driver. One more to 30, and we know what it's going to be. White noise. Yes, it's going to be white noise. We're going to get it. It's happening. So, okay. Bye-bye. Bye.